0: Welcome to the FinTV podcast series, where we tap into the collective expertise of the world's leading supply chain manufacturing and digital innovators. My name is Maria Villablanca, the co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, and I'll be your host. Join us every week to hear the opinions, lessons, and general guidelines from the industry's leading minds. FinTV, insights for today's digital leaders. Hi, everyone. Welcome to FinTV. I'm joined today by Sergio Gamboa, who is the Associate Director for Global Business Process Improvement at Ancel. Sergio, thank you so much for joining us on FinTV. I appreciate you taking the time and uh, coming on to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, thank you very much for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. So, um, uh, well, I'm actually right now an Associate Director of Business Process Improvement at Ansell. So basically uh, what I do is to have a global role where I take care of several continuous improvement programs that we have in our manufacturing sites, uh, including Lean initiatives, Six Sigma initiatives, statistical process control, and also some process engineering initiatives that we have in specific technological areas. So I have been in Ansel for roughly four years, and my, my background has always been connected to operations to directly managing operations, continuous improvement, quality. I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer, but I'm also Six Sigma Master Black Belt. I have a master uh, in Six Sigma and manufacturing management. So this is something that I'm, I'm really uh, interested on. And uh, of course, that now um, looking forward with the Industry 4.0 initiatives. I'm also involved in this and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to help the organization where I'm working to bring more modern and actual technologies to the business to help it to uh, develop even further.
0: So so your background, your career is very operational, very much within Lean Six Sigma. Clearly, with what's going on in the world right now, one of the big questions that I guess everyone has is, uh, what is your advice for professionals in uh, supply chain manufacturing to... I don't, you know, deal with crisis at the moment, or, or, or process improvement and optimization during the crisis.
1: This is a very interesting question. So I think th- if we look to the messages that the governments have brought to the manufacturing companies, so actually the the governments have requested the manufacturing companies to uh, change their businesses, if possible, to produce products that are um, needed like ventilators, protective gear. So this is creating a new paradigm where we need to increase our flexibility and rethink our processes. So with Lean and Six Sigma, in my personal view, we have the same challenge. So we have you know, these well-known philosophies or methodologies that we have been using for years or decades to improve our processes. And right now, we need to think. How can we change them to actually help us to face this crisis and make sure that we are able to bring continuity to our manufacturing process? You know I have been trying to implement, and, and this is my personal thinking is how can we use, for example, visual management tools to assure that we have the right social distancing? How can we use lean tools? to assure that our manufacturing flows are still efficient, and at the same time, assure that we have the right amount of distancing and other safety features that we may need in our manufacturing sites. To First of all, make sure that we have the safety in place in our organizations, not only the safety by itself, but also the feeling of safety because usually in manufacturing we have people and people also live with anxiety and other questions related with the actual crisis that we are facing. And, uh, of course, in the end, to make sure that we are able to put in place the continuity of the manufacturing. So, basically, uh, you know, the, the advice or the opinion that I would share is that uh, we need to use the common knowledge and the common tools that we have been using for decades uh, or years to address the actual challenges that we are facing
0: you know it's funny because a lot of the people that we've been speaking with one of the first bits of advice that they would say is don't panic because obviously we all panicked right so don't panic but you've just said something very important which is there are tools in our arsenal in terms of management tools that we have used for decades that can be implemented now so How could the methodologies or the philosophy of Lean and Six Sigma help during a crisis?
1: That's a very good point. When we say that we should not panic, to support that, we need to implement actions. So saying uh, don't panic by itself, of course, it's important, but if we are not... Yeah, (laughs)
0: but then what? Yeah, don't panic, but then what?
1: If we are not able to uh, put that in substance and uh, put that in actions, well, eventually that will not be helpful enough. So, for example, simple things that I believe we can implement in our manufacturing sites from the simple point of you know in uh, workstations where you have people that are working together you can you know put barriers mm-hmm. to avoid direct contact between people for example when we have corridors where you may have people moving you can install or or put in the floor for example visual distancing marks that will help people to assure that they are having the right distancing from the other person while they are walking. Also, it's very important to make sure that we have a revision in our standard works, uh, making sure that the procedures that people take are changed according to the needs of the moment, including as well, of course, the the, the, the utilization of the right PPEs. So, basically, there's a big uh, amount of tools, including, for example, 5S, Uh, which is related with uh, the workstation organization that can help us to assure the social distancing and at the same time making sure that the flow of materials uh, and the, 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 the production continues running.
0: That, that makes sense. And so Lean and Six Sigma is something, things that have been around for a very long time now, or at least, you know, a very long time in, in the grand scheme of things. Do you think people are looking at those kinds of philosophies to help them through this kind of crisis?
1: Well, actually, my, my general impression, and, uh, you know, even benchmarking with uh, other industries or other colleagues with who I have contact from, from different companies. Uh, My impression is that due to the situation, many times we have uh, a thinking about the urgency and we may forget some of the tools that eventually are basic and may help us actually to don't panic, right? Yes. Uh, So the truth is that eventually the message that we may be giving is don't panic, but at the same time, we are actually panicking and trying to do things fast without, you know, stopping a little bit, coming backwards and thinking in a more structured way, what can we do and how can we do it to make sure that we have continuity in our business in a safe way, you know, putting uh, our... Uh, workers first. So, in that sense, uh, I think it would be important to think um, in the tools that we have in place and uh, what we have available to actually help us to reshape uh, our organization and our uh, management uh, uh, tools uh, in order to, as I said, make sure that we have continuity in our business, but implementing, implementing the safe tools that we may need to make sure that we put our employees first.
0: So so basically if, if what you're saying is there are tools that we have used in the past. We just now need to adapt them to the modern needs, which is, you know, making sure that the safety, both physical safety as well as mental health safety of our employees, of the people in the factories and within the the chain are considered.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and, and we, should, we need to adapt and in, even because, as, as you mentioned, the people in the factories, they have these concerns. And the, as I, I told you before, eventually some anxiety with the situation. And we need also to show them uh, that, in fact, there are measures taking place in order to make them safe. Uh, because in terms of um, this anxiety management, uh, it's also very, very important to make sure that, you know, people... Come to work not to, I would say, be forced to do something, uh, but they come to work to continue to do our, their, their regular job in a safe way that will not put their safety and their health in risk. And in the end, that's what we all want to make sure that we come out from this situation uh, even stronger with some learnings that can help us to eventually face other challenges in the future if they, they come again.
0: So it's very easy to tell people not to panic, you know, but I think it, it is a reality. People are, uh, or leaders are looking in so many different directions on how to try, try to solve this problem. Management practices and philosophies that have been around could be staring at us right in the face. What you're saying is, okay, s- relax, take a step back and see what we currently have within our toolbox of management philosophies adapt it to new ways of working, obviously, and, and go from there. So insofar as dealing with, say, for example, sharp spikes in demand, you know, that kind of thing, how, how would professionals today use these, the Lean, Six Sigma, et cetera, to, to deal with that? So,
1: so here, you know, we may have different uh, ways of dealing with it. So what we see right now in the industry, I would say that in my view and in my opinion, we have right now two big buckets so we have companies that actually are completely losing demand and that they are actually needing to stop their production facilities uh, unfortunately because you know um, the, the economy is slowing down very significantly but on the other side you have a group of industries like the food industry the pp industry making a little bit of a joke the toilet paper paper industry that are actually uh, having a huge increase in terms of demand. So how can we cope our supply chain management, generally speaking, uh, with this very significant change and discrepancy between uh, different different industries. In the case of uh, high demand, what I I have seen that it's clear is that the the companies have needed to increase their production capacity, first of all, and because they are actually reducing the safety stocks that they have uh, usually in the warehouses, and, and and in the regions, if you speak about global companies. So to increase this, this capacity or, or this manufacturing capacity, many times it's needed to readapt the business uh, rapidly. So eventually we may need to change some of our manufacturing or production lines to produce a completely different range of of products. And you can have even seen some some companies uh, that have been changing completely, even from the automotive, the manufacturing sites to produce, for example, ventilators. So here we need a huge flexibility to readapt our manufacturing processes to what we may need to produce. And then in the other side, there's, there's also a big challenge because if we have this increase in demand, probably we will have an increased requirement of people to be added to the manufacturing sites. This is another uh, critical point, because how can you, first of all, integrate rapidly people into your business in this situation? And second, how can you train them fast enough in order to make sure that they get prepared to increase your manufacturing capacity. So to do this, it's important to develop quick uh, recruitment and training programs, in my view. Many times the recruitment right now can be uh, even made online in the first step. And we can even use, if possible, some tools that we see from Industry 4.0 to have some training online. For example, when we speak about virtual reality and some other digitalization tools, they may be very helpful to help us to to train uh, new employees that we may need to increase our uh, manufacturing capacity. So I would say that in terms of, of, of supply chain, uh, it's very important to readapt the way as we manage our stocks, also the distribution. And in, in the end, we may need to increase our manufacturing capacities by, by by creating some flexibility in terms of the processes that we have, and also eventually increasing the amount of people that we have working.
0: Well, it sounds, sounds like a very big challenge. I mean, imagine here you are having uh, examples that you gave, You know, uh, automotive companies manufacturing ventilators. If You've got perfume companies manufacturing different types of hand sanitizer. You've got clothing or fashion and apparel companies manufacturing PPE equipment. So not only do you have to train your staff, not only do you have to what recruit probably more staff, train your staff, but equally you as a business leader have got to learn new processes, new or create new manufacturing processes, new supply chain processes, whilst at the same time teaching your staff. So it's quite mm-hmm. a big challenge, isn't it?
1: This is a big challenge, and at this point of time, uh, I would say that the key word in my view that we need to have in our minds is flexibility. We need to be very flexible to make sure that we are able to cope with all the challenges that we have in mind. And, and for example, you know, I see that right now, um, and from some discuss- discussions that I had, for example, when we think about uh, addressing some safety issues, there may be uh, people thinking, okay, but. If we have a safety issue, we should let the people who are specialized in safety to take care of them, right? But this safety issue is not a safety issue that it's only to be taken care by people working in safety. It should be tackled by all of us. So we need to have this holistic view, in my opinion, uh, where we should have the, the flexibility to get involved in topics where eventually we don't feel so much comfortable, but that we need to tackle to make sure that we have our business continuity with safety for our colleagues and and employees and uh, assuring that uh, the future will come and that we will be able to surpass this crisis.
0: Well, like you said, flexibility seems to be the order of the day. You know, we, we have to look at being a flexible business in order to adapt to, because we don't know what's coming. We don't know. You're absolutely right. I mean, we can only speculate on the challenges that we may have. We can only speculate on how demand is going to play out. We can only plan for, but we can't plan for the unplannable, can we? But we can try, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we can try. And that's, a, that's an interesting question because question that I have uh, heard many times is, so we need a date. When is this when is going to finish, right? That's the key question, but no one knows how to answer that. So we have yeah. some speculations, we have some models showing where eventually the peaks will be reached in different countries. But in the meantime, we need to have the flexibility to live with this situation until when, in fact we are able to come to a more normal uh, situation. Although, my, my personal view is that even after the direct impact that we are having from the actual crisis, after that, we probably we will have a significant economical crisis. And the demand that will come back for some industries that right now are closed will not be the same, most likely, as the one we were living right now, where we had a strong economy, we were growing, the demand was high, you know, globally speaking, you know, the the growth rates were quite uh, interesting, and probably we will live a period um, of some trouble uh, and disruption uh, in our markets. And we need to be Uh, prepared for that. So we need to be flexible and and to uh, assure that we are so. In my view, we need to make sure that our uh, logistics centers eventually need to be reviewed. The way as our manufacturing flows are are guided, even in in terms of uh, transportation, eventually needs to be recalculated as well. And having in mind that the future, probably the near future after the crisis, will be than the present that we lived a couple of months ago.
0: Well, it, absolutely. I think that I've discussed this with many people, where it's almost as though you've got to throw your twenty twenty budgets and plans out the window to some degree. You know, we're we're writing we're writing the story day on a day by day basis, aren't we? Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. So, and this is a very difficult. Uh, Time to make budgets. So budgeting—it's—it's it's not easy under these situations. But although we need to do it, so and what we need to do, in my view, is based in our best assumptions, uh, making sure that we have the flexibility and also good risk management in place. We can—we can extrapolate we can what eventually may happen in the future. But right now, you know, in my view, we need to have the key. Focus of our thinking in the present to assure the business continuity uh, and assure the safety uh, of, of the companies and the employees, uh, and all the necessary measures are in place. And looking to the future, uh, probably we should uh, rethink our supply chains and our manufacturing capabilities because, probably, after this crisis we will have some other challenges that we will need to face.
0: Before, I I wanna talk about the future, although it seems like we're looking at a crystal ball right now with with the future, nobody really knows. But one of the other topics that seems to have come up quite a lot in the uh, FinTV episodes I've been doing is the unintended opportunities that can come out of a crisis like this. Do you think that one of the opportunities will be perhaps a more serious involvement or investment in digital transformation and the kind of technology that we get with Industry 4.0? Do you think that's going to be one of the unintended opportunities of this? Certainly, yes.
1: You know, In, in my view, and, and even uh, if you think about um, digitalization, maybe a couple of months ago, uh, many people would say that it would be impossible to work from home. And right yes. now have a big amount of people working from home, right? So uh, this is uh, just thinking in, in individually. So and for the organizations as a whole, I think the challenge is the same. And uh, what I have been seeing, and also from some uh, this discussion that I have been having, is that actually the companies or many companies have been forced to adapt with digital tools in order to make sure that they continue running, but with many customers, suppliers, employees working remotely and making sure that there are tools good enough to assure the business continuity. So in the future, I think that the, 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 the relevance that the industry 4.0 has will even increase further because it's clear that if we want to get prepared for future crises, if we want to mitigate and reduce risks in the future, that can put our business businesses in risk, we need to develop these tools that will actually help us not only to have a more efficient business, but also actually to survive.
0: Well, that was going to be what I was just going to ask you. Do you think that companies that don't embrace a more digital business will survive in this uncertain future of ours?
1: Well, most likely, in my view, they they may have a risk of not surviving. Uh, Certainly a risk. Certainly a big risk, because right now what we can see is that, you know, companies that eventually don't use this kind of tools... And, and they still have a very traditional approach to business, right now they can be simply frozen with the situation. And, and the tools that we have been working on and developing and discussing with Industry 4.0 are actually tools that can enable and the companies to unfreeze their manufacturing capabilities in a safe way. So in my view, looking to the future and to the to, to reduction, Of future risks, because even I was listening to some other podcasts with some people from the medical area mentioning that most likely in the future we may have other crises like this one. So if we want to avoid them or at least to reduce the risk of stopping the businesses, for sure that the digitalization and the tools from Industry 4.0 is something that may help us to reduce those risks
0: it's certainly you know something that i think is is an imperative right now for businesses if they want to get through to the to survive to the next level um, i saw a funny meme that's what i was just looking up on my phone i saw a funny meme that someone sent me over the weekend about so so it was a multiple choice who led your digital transformation strategy your ceo your cto or covid-19 and <laughs> And it, it seems like that is a reality right now for those companies that were maybe a little bit on the slow side to embrace digital transformation, truly embrace it as a mindset, as a you know, proper, you know, within the blood of their, their business, you know, within the, the, the actual DNA of their business. I think those companies now will really have to get onto that. Um, we talked about, let's, let's go now to the, to the future. So uh, what do you think in general, and I, I'm not going to uh, hold you to this because I think you're guessing about as much as we are, what kind of future can we see for manufacturing and supply chain? post covid
1: uh, well, well i think that you know um, uh, the biggest changes that we will have in my view are related with the digitalization uh, as we spoke because i truly believe that it's quite clear the importance that these topics will have in the future so you know looking uh, to the benchmark that i have been making in terms of uh, industry 4.0 and where as many companies big companies have, have been have been applying it you know In some way, I think that companies were looking at it as uh, something that would increase their efficiency more like an add-on than something mandatory. And uh, I still see that in in many companies we are in an early stage of development in terms of some tools of Industry 4.0. And right now with this crisis, in, in one click, in one second, it seems that everyone had to understand that Okay, this is not just an add-on, this is not just something that uh, will eventually increase the efficiency of our business. This is something that actually we need to survive, that we need to make sure that our businesses continue to work in a safe way. And, you know, this change of mindset is something that, in my personal view, will will certainly happen in the future. Also, I think that uh, the, the actual situation has shown that we have a huge potential to actually continue developing our work, reducing eventually traveling uh, or, or, you know, other means of communication, even internally in manufacturing sites that we may have more digital ways to make, you know, planning and the management of our goods. And and this is something that I truly believe will stick in the near future in in the management mindset as something that we need to develop further.
0: I think for sure, there are a lot of, potential opportunities here. You know, we're talking to people about the potential environmental opportunities, you know, sustainability opportunities, conversations for, you know, new business models, new ways of working, you know, and these safety parameters are probably going to be in place for some time. So I think we're going to have to reassess workforce and how we protect our workforce, how we train our workforce, what we allow with our workforce. You know, I think companies will have to adapt, don't you think, to more flexibility, as you keep saying. What advice would you give to your peers who are at the moment in the eye of the storm, just like you, we all are, in terms of light at the end of the tunnel, you know, what, what kind of advice would you give them?
1: You know, honestly, I'm a fan of history. So I think that um, what we are living, fortunately, is very difficult. But uh, there, we, we have other moments in history where there were even tougher moments, eventually, mm-hmm. uh, comparing with what we have. You know, and I'm just saying this because, you know, I have uh, read some jokes from some colleagues of mine that were saying, you know, To our grandparents, uh, we ask them to go to war, and to us, they are asking us to sit in the couch. Um, So in in some way, this is just a repetition of a cycle, and as the other cycles that uh, we live in in the history of uh, humankind, this one will certainly pass as well. So uh, we need to be confident that although of the difficulties that we have, the challenges that we will have, we will certainly surpass them we will certainly be able to win this situation and after that we will come out of this stronger and in my view it's a matter of time until we are able to do so. So we should continue to have hope that the future will will, will be bright and that's what we should have in our mindset in my personal view.
0: I think I think you're absolutely right and I think going on to your point of uh, history, there are lessons to be learned about the cycles past. What, what do you think those lessons are?
1: In, in the end, one of the big lessons is uh, the resilience. So I even, you know, uh, recently this week, I, I was listening to the speech of uh, uh, England Queen. And uh, she mm. was mentioning that she expects uh, the British to be uh, as strong as the previous generation. So this means that the previous generation have to face challenges and crises like this ones and 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 they were successful, right So we need to be resilient as well and and this is one of the challenges or or, or better one of the learnings that we may have from looking backwards to the challenges that we have in in our uh, history in the past so and also once more hope so we we have in our history very challenging moments and difficult moments, like, for example, the, the world wars. And although of all the challenges that, that at, at the time we had as a society, we were able to suppress them and actually to build a better society. So if we actually look to the statistics right now, in terms of wars, for example, we are living or we have lived, lived one of the most peaceful moments in history since the beginning of civilization. So we need to have the certainty and the hope that after this situation, we will be able to come back not only to normal, but even to a better and stronger situation that we had before. Because we are learning from this crisis. We are actually adapting, we are creating and reinventing tools that um, will help us to mitigate future risks in the future if we have some repetition of this kind of crisis. So I believe that we will be able to come back stronger from this. Of course, that as it happened in the past, this will not happen without having, unfortunately, some, some, some losses. And this is something that uh, will will not be compensated by anything and uh, uh, that we will have to live on. And what I mean losses, I mean, I mean uh, economical losses and other losses besides the human lives that we have seen, unfortunately, uh, that we are losing. But this is, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, and uh, I think that societies are doing their best to tackle these situations, and we need to do our best not only to manage it right now, but to make sure that in the future we came out of it stronger, as we did in the past with other situations.
0: And so what is the responsibility of a leader in manufacturing and supply chain throughout this crisis now? Well,
1: I truly believe that one of the key roles or the key responsibilities that a leader should have right now is actually to have straightforward and clear communication. We cannot avoid and hide the, the, the problems we have or the challenges we have. They are here and they are affecting everyone and we need to be clear about that and, and honest and transparent. There's also the, the responsibility of actually actually taking action. So using our management tools and as, as we gave uh, as example, Lean, uh, Six Sigma, tools from Industry 4.0 to make sure that we readapt these tools in order to bring more safety to our businesses and that we assure uh, our business continuity so I-, I would i would brief out this in two main points communication and action that's what i truly believe we need to
0: do i think that is exactly a very well said statement on on that note i, I the words that stick out for me on from this interview are besides communication and action which i think are very important resilience hope flexibility slash adaptability, safety, and the opportunities of digitization and creating something better. Would you agree to that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Certainly, yes. And uh, let's have hope in the future because uh, um, I truly believe that, uh, and looking once more backwards to the history, we will come out of this, and I hope that we come out stronger than we are today.
0: This has been a fantastic interview, Sergio. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you so much for your thoughts, and we'll be watching and uh, seeing what you're doing, and hopefully we'll touch base again in the next couple of months. I wish you the best. Safety for you and your family and, uh, and your business.
1: Thank you very much, Maria. you to you and your family, and thank you for the opportunity. It was uh, really pleasant.
0: Fantastic. For those of you watching, we'll see you in the next episode of FinTV. Thank you very much.